like that's that's kind yeah. of really t- it's really coming you know coming full circle now at this point to there being some actual consequences and it's going to be going on a while you've got chronicles of valyria right this one's really starting to feel like it's starting to come to a place as well and then you see this situation where i mean i guess i guess i'm just going to like i'm just going to post that there and Star Citizen gets a slap on the wrist over selling ships that may never exist, which I thought this was really good to see this happening too, right? I'm I'm getting a sense that more governments are starting to go, what are you all doing here? Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. And welcome back the Nathan Napalm. Hey, glad to be here. Hey, welcome back, y'all. I'm not going to do our normal introductions here we got a bunch of things on the list today everybody but before we dig in too far i got to give a big shout out to all supporters here on twitch youtube and patreon thanks for keeping the parties bags packed provision stock for adventures here on the show um you can call into the show at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one go over to uh our twitter at the lfm show and look for that pin tweet at the top, which has the links to all of our podcast places. And you can go there to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. And if you leave a comment, we can read that here live on the show. Um, man, let's go ahead and catch up. All right. I, I know one thing I got to talk about that we're going to be doing right at the end of today's show. So this is another reason to be here when we're live, because if you miss out on being here live, there's certain things you just don't get to see or to be a part of. but I don't know, man, either one of you jump on in here because I know what I'm going to piggyback off of with Nathan's, but Nathan's got to share at least one thing. Yeah. I'll go so first because my... then you could segue into Nathan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can just rant because that's yeah. going to, I feel like that's going to be uh-huh. a 30 minute thing and mine's quick. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Final Fantasy 14 front, um, I finally yesterday finished all the stupid patch content, Crystal Tower <laughs> series, and I'm literally on step one of heaven's ward i haven't done it yet mm-hmm. but i'm at heaven's ward nice. so oh boy it's gonna i, I am <laughs> theoretically i didn't stream this morning so i'm gonna do it tonight is my plan after the show i'm gonna go start mm-hmm. streaming heaven's ward and see where i'm at i've also been playing uh, pathfinder wrath of the righteous which is phenomenal in every way um I still haven't done a review because I'm, I'm i'm like 20 hours in and i'm still just like there's there's still unpacking mechanics on me and i haven't even got to like the first like true mythical choice and i haven't even got there's like more crusade stuff that you get because you're the Mm -hmm. commander of the army and i'm like oh my god there's just so much going on it's it's just freaking amazing um what they did with that game for the amount of money that they had put into it at least from kickstarter i don't know if they had additional funding i think they did but but yeah i think most of the funding came from kickstarter I, I honestly, everybody has made parallels to Baldur's Gate 2 and said, this is the Baldur's Gate 2 to their Baldur's Gate 1. And I honestly, I'm feeling it. Like, I, I played five characters through the intro before I settled. And I never do that. I always just take a rogue and run through. But all there's like 50 freaking classes to choose yeah, from. Yeah, it's so complex. So, 
yeah, I got really sidetracked on that. And then uh, last night we wrapped up our uh, playtesting of our first campaign module for our fifth edition setting. Mm -hmm. And that's wrapped. So now I get to go away and actually produce the, the actual module over the next couple of months. And so we're good to go there. But yeah, nice. um, Pathfinder has, has got me by the by the balls right now. Oh, yeah. um, and then now that I'm finally past all the other crap in Final Fantasy, I'm like, Please, I just want to do main storyline now. <laughs> so, and I know where you're going with the next segue, and I want to say that I have already had my first round, and I'm ready for round two. Take it away, Nathan. Yeah. Yes. So before I get to what I really want to talk about, um, <laughs> I want to say I I've been I you guys tricked me. I did play some ESO. Oh. Ah, oh shit. I, 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 reinstalled it, and it is it looks <laughs> so freaking good with my new graphics card and everything, nice. and. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've been toying with it, but the big news is that my D&D, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, we've been talking about a lot on the show, kind of kind of been following me along for the ride. If you've been uh, watching the show, it's out, and um, we've worked out a ton of bugs. There's still a few more, and there's still a few tweaks I want to make to it, but it is a finished product. Um, it's released. You can go and enjoy the uh, massive uh, undertaking of that campaign now and go through the whole Lost Minds of Spandelver um, uh campaign uh right on youtube uh, by clicking videos at the end and uh it just takes you to different paths how you want to fight there's some there's some just like dnd there's some choices uh but there's also some randomness to it like um you roll for dexterity or strength or whatever you just happen to pick the wrong roll then whoopsie uh could be could be real bad or it could just be kind of bad uh so um everybody go check it out it's super fun i watched Renfell play it uh, live and that was uh, super enjoyable um, it's a very streamable game, so if you do streaming, um, it's really fun to give to your community and just uh, maybe let them help you make decisions or them to watch you or, or what have you. Um, that's how it's designed. So super happy that's over with uh, because that was a massive undertaking. I just beg everybody to please share it around uh, the Internet. Um, costs a ton of money to make that, so uh, we'd just like to get enough back to convince uh, the people that helped me make it uh, to do another one. I have another question for you real quick too, Nathan. Do you have a Patreon or is you just doing everything through um, uh, YouTube subscriptions? I, I have the YouTube subscription is my Patreon where you become okay. a member. And those, uh, like with that campaign, all my members have been testing it as I was making it. So every time I put up a new video, they were the only ones that could actually choose a, that new option or whatever. So they helped me um, – with ideas, they would be like, hey, this part would be cool if you could do that. They actually added entire things to the story where I was like, oh, that's too good of an idea. I got to put that in there. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I got that membership on there to help support. And there's different tiers of support, um, et cetera. Yes. And uh, speaking of how this is a great game, uh, sorry, a great adventure to go on with your community. I I've linked it in chat for those of you that are here watching live. And stay tuned because when we get done today, I'm going to be going through this live with everybody here in the community, going on the adventure, and then we can start spamming it everywhere. Because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like, I wanted the people that were in this community with me as much as it was possible. Because I already know some people already played through it, right? I shared it. I know some people already played through, but after I wanted to like try to get them to go into it fresh with me the first time. And then yeah. replayability after that and then share it everywhere and stuff, which is why I didn't retweet it till today either, which if you go to the Elephant Podcast Twitter, you also notice that we retweeted the exact thing we're going to be playing at the end of today's show. It's also been linked here in chat. So 
Get ready, friends. Buckle up. Let's see if we uh, hopefully don't get ourselves killed trying to play that in a little bit. But we'll, we'll I'll be in chat. Yeah, I'm excited we'll be play. digging in. It's going to be a good time for sure. But um, that's 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 my pitch. As far as what I've been doing, uh, head to the grindstone. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. I'm making ESOHQ.com, the second headquarters for a game that I'm covering. Um, I went in to I do actually want to share something on the Elder Scrolls Online that I'm not really too sure. Okay, uh, this is my theory. I, I shared it with a buddy or two uh, the other night whenever I was hanging out. So check this out. So in the Elder Scrolls Online currently, they've got Cyrodiil, right? And Cyrodiil's been a plague and, and you know, in, for this game for, for quite a while, um, ever since the beginning of the, the game's uh, inception, because uh, essentially this game, like when you go into Cyrodiil, like the whole game is a mega server. And when you go into Cyrodiil, it's its own server, right? Now, it's a massive map. Like, the yeah. map for Cyrodiil is huge. Right? And that's just the open PvP map, right? Because you've got a few forms of PvP in the Elder Scrolls Online. You've got the Cyrodiil campaign, which is how you can become an emperor, like I did once upon a time. It's a freaking grindy process. But you've got, to, essentially, you've got the Imperial City, which if you played Oblivion or, or, you know, whatever, you know about this, like Imperial City's in the middle. You got to flip all the keeps around the Imperial City with your alliance and be the one with the highest alliance points in your alliance to become Emperor. So the only place you get Emperor is by playing in this major map campaign. There's also Arena, or which was Battlegrounds, their Battleground system, which are their arenas. And you've got um, the um, Imperial City, which used to be part of Cyrodiil, but they've since uh, shifted it as a queuable thing you queue into separate working on performance, which brings me to where I'm going with this whole conversation piece is performance of Cyrodiil. It's been a plague. I went in there and I, I'm still tinkering with it. And I went in there and I did the CP campaign, did the non-CP campaign. The non-CP campaign, they do not have the proc sets that will function in there. So you're, if you're wearing a proc set, the procs don't work, right? So you've got to go in there with basically what I consider just straight stat block pieces. Uh, set bonuses that give you stats or functions that aren't procs. And then you've got the CP campaign where when you jump in there, um, it's champion points are enabled. You have the benefits of all that. Like it, you you have your power creep possibilities all there, right? And when you go into Cyrodiil, currently they've recently added a few sets, which by the way, I'm going, that's, trash needs to be deleted right because these sets are 100 of what i believe is wrong about how things kind of function then i like had to reel it back like i they have this dark convergence set that like pulls people in right when it procs and stuns them and does a burst damage like it's super over the top i use it in pve and it is OP, man. It's really great for farming. And it is super toxic in PvP, right? It is a horrible, horrible mess. It makes the approach to how this this map works with, like, taking a keep or taking a district or whatever. It, it makes how that works, like, just you just deviate away from it. And you basically have, like, these dark convergence blocks all over, circles all over the ground. And it's just, it's it's a horrible time. People are, like hating it, rightly so. And then they've got this other plague set, which is like the medium armor set with the dark convergence being the light set. And then you've got the heavy set, which is the Rothgar set, which basically kind of procs a slow effect and damage over time on people or whatever. 
and you got all these sets and the plague sets basically is like the circle that shoots like disease balls at you so you're like damn dude you got zergs running around with this and people can't even function right and that's basically how it's playing and everybody's playing it and then you got people using the dark convergence because you place a template it could be a healing template which is like a circle aoe any aoe on the ground or template placement with aoe will basically drop this orb for the dark convergence set so people are using um range abilities for example the uh the the spear shards ability for the templar they're dropping it towards the edge of the top of a keep and it's pulling people to it and now you got people hovering on the air that if they move the wrong way they basically just fall down and pretty much are going to die yeah. right so you got people using these sets in a in, in, in an almost exploitive manner right so why am i talking about this they've had this big pitch for a while now to really try to fix the problems right and one of the specific things they noted was how they're trying to actually resolve this issue with the data being sent back and forth between the player and what they're doing or players in an area and the server which is part of the reason for the lag and the issues right and so at first i think it's really easy for people to get really pissed off about this or frustrated i was frustrated right it was annoying then i looked at it and i'm like i see what you're doing on the two different servers for pvp right you got a no proc set testing one polarizing into the spectrum and you got the proc set cp and these super trashy just over the top gear sets that i'm like who would have possibly thought this was a good idea to introduce if you're trying to resolve this problem here's my takeaway i think it's purposeful what better way to test the thing you're trying to resolve than to put something that's so overpowered does everything you're probably trying to avoid and give it to the player base that's actively testing that server the most, right? The CP campaign. So you got these people running around in there with these sets that are just like, they're broken, got to get nerfed. They're absolutely going to get nerfed. There's no way they're not going to be. Like, they're just broken, right? And I'm going, I see what they're doing, man. They basically just beef, beef up one set for each gear type and say what? Go have fun with it, break stuff, ruin the world. Probably so they can get the data they need yeah to work on the problems that they're wanting to work on because you're not going to get people to go on a pts to test stuff like that you're gonna gonna really you, need you it. just brought something up that's mm -hmm. very important i think um nobody gives a shit about public test servers really they don't i agree there is a handful and i mean it's like a fraction of a fraction of a percent of your player race who actually care enough to go and i'm going to use air quotes here waste time on the play test yeah. server because they would much rather just wait until it actually comes out mm -hmm. on the regular servers. So I've never really understood the purpose of test servers when you'll have such a small percentage of the audience testing it that they use that, they launch it, and then they immediately say, oh, that didn't work. Let's patch it and fix it. And it's like, why didn't you get that done in the test yeah. server? That's what mm -hmm. that's supposed to be there for. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, slight uh, divergent rant there. Um, I was but just it thinking makes about sense. Yeah. There were also, yeah, because even Lord of the Rings Online was recently promoting, hey, the the first pass at our changes that we've been talking about for years to the legendary items um, is now on the Bull Roar test server, come test. And they've been, like, heavily promoting that across their social media, like, the last week or two. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like they're, they're promoting it so heavily, it's like, I don't think anyone's actually coming and testing. 
I think they're just waiting to see until it's actually launched. That's just theory, but yeah, it is true. Like the the public test servers are just for a very minute, small portion of the community. Um, they really want to test something mass scale. They're gonna have I'll to do put a beta. It, yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to do it in the public eye. So be interesting to see. I was thinking EverQuest and EverQuest 2. Like, I never once, in the 14 years that I played those two games, not one time did I ever log into the test servers, ever. Right. Most people on ESO, they jump in, you know, and this brings me back. This is, like, the pinnacle point for me is, like, why would they introduce this in the game? And I'm like, this is exactly why. Because people generally don't. They'll go hop on a test server. Content creators will cover it. They'll look at the new houses. They'll look at the new this, the new that. They'll showcase it. They'll get the footage they need to showcase it in the video. And then they dip and most yep. people do the same. And a lot of people don't want spoilers either. They want yeah. it released in the game and they want to explore it for themselves. Right? So I can understand why they're doing it to me. It's the only thing that makes sense for why they would have these sets in the game right now. Right? Cause they all similarly do something different, right? Cause if you're trying to reduce the kind of calculations that are having to be made for players and all these numerous interactions going on, this would work completely against that. It doesn't like align with it, right? But if you're trying to collect data on that dynamic, what better way to do it than to create a set for each type of armor that does something very similar that you know Zergs are gonna use, right? Then you know they're yeah. gonna use it. And what are you gonna get? You're gonna get a lot of people. You're gonna get a lot of data. You're gonna get all that calculation data. So, I mean, I'm waiting for the hammer to come, but I totally see it. And am I gonna play CPC here? It'll probably not. <laughs> the cancer is the fuck. I don't want to. But I went into well, the. You can see the appeal for yes. people that are overpowered doll. Oh yeah, in there. absolutely. You know, almost nobody lets you do that in their PvP game, right? To so just be yeah. completely OP and broken as hell, and and just uh, you know, so there is a draw to that. I can see too yes. for people that want to do it, even though it's obviously got yeah. issues. Which, you know, there's other servers you can play on. And I actually find the no proc, no CP Cyrodiil very interesting because it really, it's kind of cool because you're not relying on sets. It's like, it's really your skills. It's your skills and it's your power that you can, that you can manage and, and you can like balance between different stat blocks and things of that nature. So for me, that's, that's, it almost feels much more aligned with uh, uh as being a campaign focused on class favor and flavor because you really the 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 big focus that you're going to get on anything that's going to cause aoe or cause like you know creatures to spawn it's going to be class skills and things of that nature as opposed to proc sets that are going off right which takes away from class identity quite a bit actually yeah. Um, so this, I feel like, is actually more focused on class identity, and so it tends to be what I'm more interested in. Um, yeah, and, and I just want to mention on that subject before we move yeah. on that, um, you know, this problem of, like, tons of people doing tons of action all at once in a situation where it's PvP, where it really matters that yeah. everything's being calculated properly and, mm -hmm. and quickly and et cetera. Uh, this problem that, that they're having with uh, Cyrodiil, um, you know, it's something that hasn't been solved actually right. in MMOs at, as of yet. Right. Thankfully, though, we do have Dream World coming, which can do the millions of people. <laughs> you know, like, they've solved it. Yeah. What a fucking segue, dude! What a what a nice. <laughs> they've solved it. So, you know. 
Can't wait to see that. Yeah, man, any opportunity to give them a nice good old fuck you, right? Good old classic fuck you, homie. Like, geez, dude. Oh my god. So New World, and we're gonna we're gonna actually piggyback off of the whole dream world because I categorize it as a scam starter. Sure. Right? My belief, right? I, yeah. my belief. Yeah. I, I we have another one to talk about that's also in that. I, I released a video. I was hustling so hard to get it out today, so I could be like Here's what I'm talking about. Here's what the thing is, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's just, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit because we got to come full circle. We'll save that for a good middle point because that's a good laugh. That's a good laugh and rant. But freaking New World Open Beta is out right now as of today. A bunch of people in my community, you know, they're playing it right now. Um, I, I've actually had some friends offer like, Sim, I'll totally hook you up. And, you know, if you want to play it, I'm like, oh, man. I it's so nice that people offer that because they know that community members are doing it and they like, Hey, if you don't want to do it, we'll cover the cost. Super appreciative. Right. But it's like, I can't good conscious do it because I just, I'm not interested. It's just a nothing. Yeah. And I do feel kind of bad about that. You know, it's, it's, you have limited time in life true. and you can't please everybody. I'm mean, out. That's point. a, that's a good lesson. It so. is a yeah, good, you're just, you're just not interested yeah you know yeah, i mean interested. wish i was because i'd love to love with them would uh yeah. would love to run with them and have fun but it's just like dude i i know i wouldn't it doesn't appeal to me you know the ui looks great by the way it actually reminds me of the add-on for eso that's a dark ui sort of thing i actually love their ui their ui is really nice by the way um it's so yeah clean. and the game the game's running pretty well yeah. um you know there's some key things that i feel like you like in mmos that so far, looks like might be missing in this game, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not shocking. It's not the, shocking, right? The one that the only one that bothers me is I I really struggle with um, belief that the game has any content to inspire longevity at this point. I think it's personally, I, mm -hmm. I think it's going to get a rush of people who it looks good, it plays good, it's yeah. new, um, and it's fun. It is fun. Um, but it also has a ton of repetitive stuff. And once that new shine wears off, which is usually anywhere from 60 to 90 days, depending on the person's play, you know, how, how quickly, how often they play. Uh, once that new shine wears off, unless they've patched or they have a patch coming down the pipeline, that's going to add new content and people are just going to, they're going to be off to whatever's coming out you know, in December, which is going to be like Halo Infinite, you know, it'll, it'll be whatever's the next shiny new thing to touch. But that's my only concern about it. I mean, it's definitely part of my concern too. Um, I have a, bu a couple buddies, they're, uh, they're podcasters as well. I don't know if you guys have heard of them or not. The Lore Seekers, they've, mm, they've yeah. been around a while. They're, they're great guys. They're both, uh, Jibs and Cash are really great dudes. If you, if you like podcasting and I'm going to give them a bit of a shout here because they're just, they're all around really good dudes. They put a lot of energy and effort into their, their podcast. They've done it for, I think they did it for SWOTOR at one point. I know they did it for the Elder Scrolls online. They hopped to ashes for a little while. Didn't really vibe for them long-term. They're currently doing a new world podcast. And I think they're four or five in now. And I, I hung out and watched last night. It was good to catch up with them a little bit. And they, uh, they're digging in and stuff and they're actually they're they're the lore seekers they're exactly what they sound like they look for stories and they share the stories and they make it very well to die you know easy to digest and all that and they're they did one yesterday it was really nice presentation 
and it was interesting. It just, it still isn't, it wasn't enough to catch me. And I, I was actually bummed out, right? Great podcast, great content, love them to death. Right. And, and it was a great delivery. Right. But it, the reason of my disinterest is like nothing to do with them at all. It's just the, the story itself wasn't that appealing still. And I was bummed because I was like, damn, because if anybody could have sold me on the story, it would do it with them. It really would have been them. And, uh, so I'm still kind of left with going and maybe, maybe in a, maybe in a month or two, maybe there'll be more content. Maybe there'll be something there, but I'm still just kind of, eh, not really nothing. left wanting. Yeah. And and I want to want for this game because community's there and it's still just, I don't, unfortunately, but you know, it's great because I am playing the Elder Scrolls online and I played it a long time. I've enjoyed it. There's always something I can enjoy there. I got people to hang out with doing it and I'm happy for that. But that talking about the Elder Scrolls is a nice, nice segue here because we're leading into another topic. And this is talking about the Elder Scrolls six that we have known. Look, it's we've been waiting on this one a while and um, I'm going to go on ahead and pull up the, uh, there it is right there, the report that the Elder Scrolls 6 is planned as an Xbox exclusive. I called it. I called that shit. As soon as, yeah, as soon as the merger happens. I, yeah, that's. It's what, it's going to give Xbox their franchises, man. They got their, yep. they've got like Final Fantasy is what? PlayStation, right? Nintendo, Zelda. Zelda, Mario. Um, Halo is the only franchise that I can think of yeah. that, that Xbox has had since the beginning. But Halo, as as big as Halo is, it has never been, you know, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy big or Legend of Zelda big. It's not been around as long. It hasn't had enough time to, gen, you know, to, to soak into people's minds. Yeah. It's still a great series, FYI. I'm fully planning on, I'm, I'm hoping I can get my hands on an Xbox Series X before Halo Infinite comes out in December because that I, I love those games and I actually haven't had an Xbox since the 360. So mm. I, I was living vicariously through my brother as he played the other Halo games. Um, but I plan on getting that. I'm hoping and fingers crossed that they become available before the holiday season because I would love to play that <laughs> game. But also because since this Xbox exclusive, um, I'm pretty sure um, uh, Obsidian's up-and-coming RPG is also going to be an Xbox exclusive because Microsoft purchased Obsidian and brought them under their label. So I think this is the first step. I'm not not segueing, by the way. I'm just saying I I think that the the exclusivity that we're seeing moving forward from Bethesda is also going to be the same for NXL, Obsidian, and all the other Mm -hmm. studios that Microsoft purchased. Because, yeah, they're looking to build up franchises now and and make this Xbox Series X just like the next big thing. And they're also the Games Pass and everything else they've got going on. Yeah, Yeah, and to me, I I think it's very fitting, too. And the reason I say that is um, the first... Uh, you know, Elder Scrolls game to come to consoles was Morrowind, and it was only possible to be done on the original Xbox because the PS2, you know, didn't really have a hard drive, etc. So um, a lot of people cut their teeth on the Elder Scrolls series, uh, at least console players, on the original Xbox. So it feels pretty natural. And the other piece to take away from this, in my opinion, is that based on what we mm-hmm. assume, like Renfeld just said, it looks like Microsoft is going to tag the American RPG market, not overall, but pretty heavy. Heavily, um, so, yeah. 
heavily. Like, you know, there'll still be some games like, you know, Pathfinder games will probably still sure. be on both, et cetera. But like some of these heavy hitters like Elder Scrolls and um, et cetera, or and the Obsidian RPGs are going right. to end up on the Xbox, while PlayStation is probably, for the most part, going to continue to dominate the Japanese role-playing section, right? Mm -hmm. So JRPGs are still going to end up mainly focused on uh, the PlayStation console. That, But here's the interesting part. That's assuming that G that the JRPG industry as a whole yeah. actually cares about the powerhouse and the graphics enough to put on PlayStation because, honestly, it's still the smartest decision to put on Switch. That's where the JRPG gamer, console gamers are. They've got the Switch. They love their JRPGs, and they get tons of them on there. Um, and historically speaking, JRPGs don't care as much about graphics. So I don't know. I think we're, we it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But that's a big punch to the uh, Sony right. gut right there, losing mm -hmm. over those. Yeah, and I, I, I am hopeful, though, on one thing. I actually, I've never really cared for Xbox. This will cause me to care about a console right like an actual console other than nintendo nintendo like the legend of zelda you're always gonna get me in one of my favorite universes and games at all time i'll play the damn zelda games till the day i die right i'll play the elder scrolls games until the day i die too and if you're releasing a freaking elder scrolls game on a console and it's the xbox i'll own an xbox but here's one thing i am hoping for I'm hoping that since they've been, I talked about this a year ago when they acquired Bethesda and everything. I'm hoping that because of the fact that they have on Microsoft Windows, they've been really focusing on this. They have really given the the biggest facelift to that um, app on the Windows uh, home menu, right? The, the games, the Xbox games and Microsoft games. They've made it to where you can play like Sea of Thieves, for example, on PC with your homies on Xbox. So what I'm hoping is, is that although this will be an Xbox exclusive, that maybe it'll also be a Microsoft exclusive. Meaning you can only play it through Windows like Microsoft Xbox Studio thing that they've got there on their in their Windows. That's what I'm hoping for, because I think one concern I would have is for years and years and years and years and years now the elder scrolls has been a moddable game that people have part of the reason that they've enjoyed it for such a long time i mean it is how long since oblivion has been out how long since skyrim have been out and i got friends that hang out on my streams all the time talking about i'm like what are you doing today homie and they're like i am playing my modded oblivion i am playing my modded skyrim those two games are talked about as modded games people are playing along with the witcher all the time so if that was to not be a part of that culture for the Elder Scrolls anymore, I think they'd be missing a big opportunity with the audience. So I'm hoping yeah. that'll be the case. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking that like consoles, it'll be only on Xbox. Obviously, it'll still be on PC. And the, I am worried about it, though, because if we see what if you look at what they did with Skyrim, where they kind of tried to monetize the modding yeah. community. Yeah. Uh, a little dirty, a little dirty, but it's worth mentioning that actually Bethesda invented the cash shop, right? Um, <laughs> you know, with the oblivion, with the mounts, I think was the first, like, just pay us a couple of bucks and we'll give you a tiny little thing to put in your game. So, like, 
it's not too shocking to see that they're trying to mm. do the next step, which is monetizing yeah. the modding community. Um, and there's some good to that too. It's kind of one of those, it's like a gray area because the modders can make money. Uh, whereas before they really kind of couldn't legally. Um, so I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about it. It just, it doesn't feel good as a player, but it might feel good for the modding community. I'm not sure. You also just said something that, that, I know I didn't forward this as a news article, but um, as an example, CD Projekt Red just hired um, a bunch, one of the modding communities um, who worked on, who had modded previous games. Like CD Projekt Red just hired them because of all their mod work, and they actually brought them into the fold to come do that kind of stuff for these games. I think that some publishers are starting publishers and developers are starting to take the modding community a little more seriously and and i think it's a good note because you mentioned monetization and having these content creators get paid i think it's good to see that sort of symbiotic relationship being more fruitful than it was in the past i also noticed that there was a a runescape high definition mod that got shut down the other day and there were some ruffles about that but uh, you know a day later they said that jagex is actually in discussions with that team to bring them on board to do that for the game so um i think we spin this back around and looking at the mod community as a whole i think it's great i don't actually play modded games um i'm just i always just play the originals i've never been that that big of a fan of the mod stuff i just am always like whatever the game launched as that's the game and i know people are passionate about mods and they can add a whole bunch of other features to it um but i think it's cool to see developers starting to take these the, the the you know the better mods mod creators and actually bring them on board and get them paid you know because yeah. they yeah, are developers right. you know yeah and in some cases like with skyrim uh the modders actually fixed the brokenness of the game it was yeah it was a it, was a mo it wasn't even an official patch it was a is made by you know regular people in the community so uh, and yeah, I want to I want to chase back because of chat. I wasn't saying that you had to pay for the mods. What I'm saying is, is that looked like a step in that direction, right? Mm. Like they were like, yeah, testing the waters. Like we'll do this creation club thing, and then you know, I'm not saying they stopped all modding, but that sure did feel like a step in a direction of we could control this, kind of like uh, Blizzard controls. If you um, uh, with the new Warcraft uh, Refor oh, Warcraft God. Three Reforge, yes. where they control all the rights and everything so it's just one of those things where it's like it feels like that's what they might try to do and caution yeah you know another game that actually has uh benefited significantly or immensely from the modding community is arc the ragnarok map i mean that was completely made by modders who like just created this map and it, they ended up wildcard ended up bringing some of these people on and hired them as a result of that i mean i feel like that's a really that arc as as a whole i think is a really good example of how there's like a symbiotic relationship between the modding community and the developers of the game and there's a reciprocal sort of nature to it i think that was a really good example at least from a game i played um i haven't ever really modded the elder scrolls games a whole lot like i think i tried to mod skyrim a little bit one time but i never really did a whole lot i know people that have modded that game and continue to mod it and just push the limits with it. And there's something to be said for that. Cause I mean, we even showcased was it a couple weeks back, I think, or a couple episodes back the Witcher and how someone modded the hell out of that. And it's like this beautiful game. 
right? Yeah. Same for Skyrim. So there's a lot of positives I think come from the modding community. So yeah, I, I, I agree. It would be very unfortunate if there, I think, wasn't sort of a more of a reciprocal approach to the modding community and having that there because it's been there for so long for the Elder Scrolls too. Um, so yeah. Um, I did say we were going to come back around to a really amazing story about a game that we all know and love so, so much. Um, I, I think that I speak for everybody here when I say that this is truly one of the most glorious games that has ever graced the Kickstarter pages. Um, we're talking, of course, of Chronicles of Illyria. Um, mm, mm. And I say that in full sarcasm because it's absolutely not. And everybody in chat's all like... <laughs> I, this is the video that I posted today. I covered this article. Um, they're moving forward with the class action. You all see that? Yeah. Right. The Exola bit seems like it's on pause and the attorneys are trying to create more leverage, I guess, against Exola in the meantime, but they can't really come back. I think and touch that until they go to Washington and actually like proceed forward. But it they have to resolve yeah. everything in Washington yeah. before they can come, come back, back to California and touch Exola. Yeah. So the what was interesting to me about that is they're still unsure if they're going to be able to pursue a class action arbitration um, mm -hmm. with Exola because that's a slightly different thing, which is why they're recommending and the, they were telling people to go to that Discord and they're going to try to hit Exola with hundreds of complaints, which would allow them to then pursue a because they haven't been told no by the courts in california yet right. that they can't that they can't do a class action arbitration but as of right now the arbitration is the plaintiff versus exola and the plaintiff being the guy who spent 20 or thirty thousand dollars or whatever it was the mm -hmm. original guy who brought the complaint and then he had hundreds of other people who joined him for the class action now i think the interesting thing about the class action in washington is that even though it is moving forward it's very important to note that that article has quotations from the lawyer saying that on September 10th, he was going to forward a letter of um, basically a payment structure. Um, so that if people want this to continue, they got to pony up and pay. So this is where it's very important for everybody to understand is that even though, yes, it, it will, it looks like it is going ahead against soulbound studios in Washington. Some parts of this are going to be reliant upon how many people are still willing to continue putting money into it because this is something that's going to continue to take time and yeah. cost thousands. And this is why most cases peter out because no one wants to spend tens of thousands of dollars on something. Eventually you get, to, unless you're a millionaire, you eventually get to the point where it becomes so much of a headache that it's just like, you know, screw it. It's, it is what it is. But it sounds like if somebody's got th the guy who had thirty thousand dollars to throw at the game, sounds like he's got enough money to keep pursuing it, and it looks like that part of it at least is going to go ahead. But some of this looks like it's going to be dependent on how many people from the hundreds of plaintiffs are going to continue to pony up and pay for ongoing action. But yeah, it's a it's got to resolve in Washington first, so it's going to be the Soulbound Studios stuff first. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. It, it does seem like things are sort of almost feel like these topics around the games and development, the scam starters, as I believe them to be like, there's almost like a convergence of like these gaming issues sort of like starting to come together at once. Like you had the thing with blizzard 
Like that's that's kind yeah. of really t- it's really coming, you know, coming full circle now at this point to there being some actual consequences and it's going to be going on a while. You've got Chronicles of Valyria, right? This one's really starting to feel like it's starting to come to a place as well. And then you see this situation where, I mean, I guess I guess I'm just going to like, I'm just going to post that there. And Star Citizen gets a slap on the wrist over selling ships that may never exist, which I thought this was really good to see this happening too, right? I'm I'm getting a sense that more governments are starting to go, what are you all doing here, right? How How is it that you think these things are kind of okay to be happening? And it, it's starting to seem more and more like judicial systems and stuff are starting to really start to take this seriously and looking out for the people that are potentially being exploited. Not saying that's what Star Citizen's doing. I'm just saying getting a slap on the wrist because of ships that may, may never exist, that's a problem. That's a, like yeah. That's the same sort of issue that you have with Kickstarters. You're selling potential things that may never exist. Funnier part too to me is when you have studios who come out and make statements about how they've raised millions of dollars, right? Or, you know, we're fully funded and and yet they continue to sell items or they sell pre orders or they sell things. And it's like this 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 gets into the discussion on well, it it could swing into the discussion on NFTs and blockchain games right. where it's purely fucking speculative. There is no regulation around this stuff. It's 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 literally hopes and dreams and smokes and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors, I should say. There's nothing concrete here. Um, selling something that may never exist. So when you look at, mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you have ever done. I know you have Sim a little bit. I don't know if you have Nathan, but if if, if anybody who's in the chat, if you've never done investing before, mm-hmm. um. There are regulations in place for investing, so it's all federally regulated. And before you can invest into anything, the company who's going to be taking your money has to provide you with a full disclosure document about the risks associated with investing money into their program. And part of every single investment document you're ever going to look at is a huge fucking section that reminds you that this is potentially going to fail you need to be comfortable losing this money because it could very well be that you don't get it back there are all of these checks and balances there to make sure that the people who are investing money understand the risks associated with it because in the past you had a lot of people who took advantage of ignorant people uh if you've ever watched the movie um and i'm boilerplate maybe is what it's called like Mm. Uh, it's an investment movie. That might not be the night, right name of it. Um, but it had Vin Diesel in one of his like earliest roles, and and they're like selling penny stocks, and and they're scamming people out of oh, yeah. tens of thousands of dollars on a on a massive scale. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that regulatory boards are trying to avoid is people getting taken advantage of. And when you look at crowdfunding, there's no regulation in place to date. Um, so this regulatory body in the UK, it's important to note that they're not actually affiliated with the government, but they are a independent board that is given a lot of clout within the United Kingdom. And it was enough clout that Star Citizen has actually complied and has now put an, a disclaimer 
on the concept art for the ships to remind people that these things might actually never be put into the game. Which, honestly, in my mind, that's a no-brainer. That should have been fucking done from the beginning. Like, But that's just the nature of where we're at with crowdfunding and um, NFT, blockchain games, and so on and so forth. There's, there's no regulation in place to keep companies from doing scammy shit and not that not that star citizen is doing scammy shit mm -hmm. but also there's nothing in place to protect the people who don't know any better um and who just look at this and go oh my god that concept art looks amazing what it's 200 dollars? i've got 200 dollars in the bank here's 200 bucks i want that ship and then two years down the road they don't get yeah. the ship like I want to be in that world. It kind of goes back to that whole, I want to be in that world. And it's like that nostalgia bait element of like, Ooh, you want to get your, you want to get into some fantastic world, you know? And you think about the NFTs thing. I mean, then I also go back to that Chronicles of Lyria discussion point on, well, what were they also trying to do? Kingdoms of Lyria. They were trying to literally you like sell via crypto. They were trying yeah. to sell land in kingdoms of Illyria for crypto. Like they're what? Like it this is like this reminds me of when they were selling land in Chronicles of Illyria before they end up having to close it down. I'm like, they're doing I mean, how many times I just in my mind going like this has gotta there's gotta be a hammer. The hammer's gotta drop, right? Like this is when it's the same thing over and over, like how many times is it gonna play the same thing? I believe he's just scamming people. How many times are you gonna keep doing that? And then there was like this thing of like the Reddit got shut down because of death threats or maybe because you just didn't want people talking again. You just don't want people talking. I mean, why would we think that that's even yep. actually happening? We're not even going to ever get past it, right? And here, no. here's why I say that. Even if there was regulations and, and there, there was this new department created where it's like, hey, if you're going to sell items that don't exist yet, we need some kind of uh, some kind of proof that they're being worked on periodically. Or however, the, however in the world they would mm. solve this issue. Even then... All that would mean is these same bad players, um, whoever they may be, would still rip people off. They would just release a very crappy product at the end, right? That technically meets all the things they said that it would do and 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 sold. So it's one of those things where it's like scammers are going to be scammers. Um, just do your do your due due diligence yeah. and and look things up and research things before you throw your money at it. Just like with an investment. I always look at things like, um, you know, uh, pouring money into a game that's not out, whether it be through pre-orders or whether it yeah, be through anyway. a Kickstarter or whatever it may be. Um, I always just consider that as an investment of my fun, right? Like it costs me money, yeah. but I'm investing because I think it's a good investment because I'm going to have so much fun with it later. Um, so I do that, uh, but of course I, I – don't throw my money at it until I feel very comfortable that it's going to be a legit thing. Um, and you know, we could all be wrong, even could when be. we do our research, but yeah, at least yeah. feel like you trust the people who are doing it. Right. Like you have some kind of, some kind of trust level there with them. Uh, yeah. It's, it's pretty bad, man. And there's a lot of them they're talking about in chat earth too. And yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, it's a boy. We, we are like, there are just so many examples of things today. All right. Where's here's another one that we kind of go back to. We can tie this one in. It wasn't even an expected tie-in. But, you know, we have these supposed death threats that Chronicles of Lyra is getting. And then you've got the No Man's Sky finally gains a mostly positive Steam rating five years after launch. Yeah, this they lied. 
they lied about that game. Do you remember how crazy that was? Where they were like, "Oh yeah, it's you can see other players, and you know the chances are just so slim that you'll ever even run into anybody." When in reality, there wasn't even a way to see anybody else. Like it was a total lie. And then now you can. Uh, now there's multiplayer, and they've added bases, and it is a totally different game today than it no. was. And I played it probably about eight months ago, and I was like, "Wow, they actually." Game works the way we thought it would at launch now, and more, wow. and more. Yeah, I saw that this. Uh, you know, it said they received a what was it in the run up to its 2016 launch was so great that Hello Games received death threats. So that the hype that led up to this was so big that when it launched, there were death threats over a 49 day delay. Allegedly, talk of 18 quintillion procedurally generated planets and the videos shown off at award shows had people clamoring for space sim only to be disappointed when launched without many features, including multiplayer loaded with bugs and bearing little resemblance of the pre-release trailers. And this is another tie into what, I mean, that's what Chronicles of Lyria was, wasn't it? Here's kind a, of. And I vaguely yeah. recall when no man's sky came out, I vaguely recall there was a, I could be wrong on this. So, don't quote me on this, people, but I vaguely yeah. recall that there was a lawsuit in the UK that someone brought against them for false advertisement because all of the press leading up to the launch promised all of those things. And then when it launched, it didn't have like mm -hmm. half of those features. That's false advertisement. Now, in the United States, there are consumer protection laws in, in place to help mm -hmm. that kind of stuff get avoided. Um, you also remember that they went absolutely like radio silent after that game came out and just noses to the grindstone mm -hmm. to get all of that stuff in the game as quickly yeah. as possible to avoid getting their butt suit out from under them. Um, it's a, yeah. And it was, that did happen too. Yes. There was a total investigation in the UK for hello games for false advertising. Okay. Yeah. 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 There was, and there was some really dirty things that happened there. Like yeah. I, I remember an interview specifically when it was getting close to launching with the, um, with the head guy of hello games, whatever his name is. Um, and they said like, they were talking about like, I wonder what's going to happen when we get to the center of the universe. And I'm not gonna have any spoilers, but basically exactly what the, guy interviewing him made a joke about like it would be really screwed mm -hmm. up if this he laughed and was like oh yeah right that would be absurd that's exactly what it was what happened yeah yeah like this absurd horrible way to do that is exactly what that was in, and he knew that the game was like close to launch like oh man it was bad and then all the all the oh yeah you can do this and that and you can't you can't you can't it doesn't exist in the game um Pretty bad, and I would say Blizzard was was almost just as dirty with well reforged. I mean, they showed literal yeah, that footage that was not in the game. It yeah, was not, mm -hmm. that was not what the game even looked like. Yeah, that was like that was a big that was a big problem. I mean, then the fact that they took the old Warcraft three to where you couldn't even play it if you bought it before, like from them, because you could go to their you could go to Blizzard and you could go on their website, <laughs> you buy it and you'd play it. You'd install it and everything, and you could play it. And you couldn't even play it after that because you had to be able to, you know, connect to them. And they, like, cut the cut the cord, so to speak. Yeah. Boy, I wonder if they'll do that with Diablo 2. Oh, man. See, I Diablo 2 is a good game, but it doesn't even... I don't know, man. It just doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't even look like it's... I think it's a good... It's good to probably play it if you never played it before. Yeah. But if you played it before, I don't see the appeal. I don't have the appeal. I 
there's no appeal to me. Warcraft three actually reforged was appealing to me until that stuff started coming out. And you're just like, wait, you guys are doing what homies? Yeah. What about all this stuff you showed off? Yeah. Right. Oh, it's so scummy. Then we got news on Crowfall that came out recently too. And this one is, you know, this was like three days ago now. <clears throat> yeah. Crowfall team seeing layoffs. We just talked about this. We just talked about a big part of the reason in, in one of the, in, in the past couple shows or so we've talked about Crowfall and like why it's not appealing and, and things of that nature, like in Crowfall seeing layoffs right now, according to this. And that's, man, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate because it's another MMO that's just kind of, and I didn't see the appeal because like, if I want to just go like do PVP, I mean, that's like literally one element of most MMORPGs or lots of them or lots of games in general, right? Like you got to have something unique. And, you know, I remember even talking about this uh, a couple months ago and somebody in my chat was like, the game is thriving and this and that. And I'm like, but when I go to watch on Twitch, there's hardly anybody doing anything with it. And I'm not saying Twitch is the to the be all know all of gaming or anything, but it is a decent reference. You know, if you've only got like three people streaming it and, you know, the category itself doesn't have a ton of like followers or viewers regularly, like that's not a thriving game to me, you know. A thriving game is like, oh, I don't know, like Lost Ark, for example, a game that you yeah. it isn't even out in English yet that did get delayed till next year to get that version, which was surprising because they seem to be gearing up for a release like, uh, you know, real soon fall. And I was actually looking forward to playing it, even though it doesn't have the perspective I would prefer. You go to that category right now and all those people in Asia are just playing the shit out of it. Clearly doing well, right? I can't. Um, that game is probably going to just be like blowing it up when that when we get more more people playing it because they can read. You know the actual text. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think New World's going like, to too. I think it's going to be massive. I think uh, any I think any MMO that right now for the next few years <laughs> comes out that isn't got a big glaring issue with it is probably going to do pretty good. I think Crowfall didn't do good because of its whole like we're PvP only, and it was just kind of like their development process was just kind of low information, low hype, uh, didn't really see a community form around it. You know what I mean? It was just kind of, it was there. And it was like, even the people who were playing it were, were not so enthused about it. So, mm. you know, and I, and I tried it, uh, and, and real, at least got to a point where I realized, Oh, that's what this game is. Mm. Okay. Not really for me. Um, but I thought it would do better than this. I thought it would last a little while just because I thought there was a lot of PvP yeah. players out there who were looking for a game where they could just real quick play for a couple hours, be max level, and just PvP from then on. But yeah. nope. The only thing with Lost Ark that I'm actually bummed out about is I think they're only planning for one translation in English only for right now, which unfortunate because if that, if that game hit more countries, more audiences, more languages, I think that game would be like, it's performing that good. Imagine if more people were able to play that. Oof. I'd probably play right now if I could, but I knew I, I know I wouldn't be able to interact and know what the hell I was doing. So it's like, yeah, might as well wait. Yeah. So being pushed back is like unfortunate, but yeah, there's, so that's, that's another one, another 
profile team is you know got layoffs you know even that game like from a visual standpoint like it actually doesn't look bad you know it's no. just yeah i could play it i mean there's games that like visually look cartoonish that i could totally play if it was appealing to me um there's one article that we got that was shared by um renfell that could probably elaborate on this a little bit more um in regard to like he said tracy hickman right uh, announcing a first D campaign world since Dragonlance, like this is the first one since Dragonlance, and I didn't play Dragonlance, so I can't really reflect on that. But I know the two of you probably probably have some thoughts or, or more to share than I would. Uh, well, it's just I think it's an interesting announcement because um, Tracy and and his wife Laura were the original creators of Dragonlance. Um, they had done a couple of uh, campaign settings prior to that that they published mm -hmm. with tsr um, and then they both got hired on uh, to come work at tsr uh, because of those additional modules and then they actually created that Paganland setting on the way to their meeting to get hired and and uh, Tracy got hired on as the project lead what's interesting about Dragonlance is that it was a product and a setting long before the novelizations were ever even a part of the equation so um, they went about and they were building these modules and everything else and actually creating the setting before they started writing the books. Um, I think this is just exciting because um, these two individuals are the two people who created one of the most beloved D&D franchises of all time. The fact that they're working on something original and new, independent of Wizards of the Coast, I think for me is exciting because I just, I just think it's going to be... I'm a big fan of innovation all around. And... I think it'll be something exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Yeah, and it's 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 a huge uh world, right? That spans several ages and like what I think's cool about uh Dragonlance is that it was it was kind of conceived, I believe, from them just playing some campaigns and then they just kept fleshing it out until it became its whole its whole own thing. But when people think of D&D, they typically think of either Forgotten Realms, which has been a little overdone lately, or Dragonlance, right? It's usually one of those two that that D&D players um, hone in on for even their own, um, you know, uh, homebrew games, right? Like, they'll usually use one of those two uh, to, to kind of even design their own thing. So it's like a hugely uh, popular and uh, well-loved uh piece of, of Dungeons and Dragons um and any so what they're doing here though is totally different right like from what I saw this looks like it's a uh more of a steampunk kind of thing is that what you mm -hmm. kind of got from it Renfell yeah I mean there's not a lot of info on it yet and there probably won't be until they do the kickstarter um but you just go to the website and the landing page it kind of yeah it, it's got a steampunk feel to it um so it'll be interesting to see what they're gonna do yeah um I yeah, I mean, just from a world building perspective, I know that those two have a long history of creating pretty amazing worlds. So I think no matter what what it is, it's going to be fun. Um, whether or not it's going to be a genre that I am interested in is another thing. But yeah, I mean, at the very least, it's something to keep an eye on. So, okay, this one was actually brought to me right before. 
I mean, it wasn't even brought to me. It was dropped in Discord before the show. So I'm going to link it, let you guys take a look at that. I'm just going to link it in chat there for y'all. Okay. And you guys can take a look at it. But this one's. Already, a, I read, have I read you seen story. this? Yeah, I, I barely have gotten to read this one, but we, we talk about Tencent a good bit too in the past, right? The Chinese gaming giant loses eight Bethesdas in value amid government crackdown. Like, what, dude? I haven't even seen it. Billion. That's a lot. Billion uh -huh. dollars, man. Jeez. <sighs> this is due to Tencent and NetEase. So um, this yeah this has to do with the regulations on like you can't play video games more than this much time and all those kind of things right I'm assuming yes and yeah. and that directly cuts into profitability because the less time someone plays the less money they're going to spend especially in that area where last time I checked it's super popular there still to do where you pay game time as in not mm -hmm. paying for a subscription for a month but you know, per hour or per minute, I don't know, mm -hmm. but you actually pay for that time. So um, it reminds me of when I was a kid one time, uh, someone had told my parents that I'm only, that playing video games is bad for kids and that they should limit me to one hour per week, right? And let me tell you what happened to me. I loved video games, right? Loved them. And that was my passion. And when I got limited to one hour per week and I played RPGs and stuff, I was just like, I'm just not going to play video right. games then. and get nothing done in that one hour. Yeah. I can't have fun. It's just going to piss me off. <laughs> and so I just didn't play. I was like, I guess I'm not playing video games. And, uh, you know, my parents kind of seen like, well, this doesn't seem like it's very uh, enthusiastic of a situation here. And they ended up just being like, yeah, screw that rule. Uh, but that that's how people are going to feel an MMO and to be allowed an hour, two hours a day. Um, they're going to feel the same way. Like, dude, I can't even, you know, I can't even do anything productive in that small amount. Of time. I just no. won't play. So it's going to bring businesses to their knees. Bad decision. Just stupid. The government should never regulate entertainment. That's the stupidest crap I've ever heard. Man. Yeah. This is nuts, man. Like just, some of these restrictions, you know, like some of the, the, like, the barriers that they try to create to people and playing games and how they monetize it. Just so many, so off, so many times we, we talk about it like all the time, unfortunately, how scummy some of it can really be. And, uh, I don't know, man, I'm just looking at this and going, you know, what goes around comes around homies. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Okay. Before yeah, Tencent, Tencent yeah. taking a loss, I'm not, I'm nope. not, Trying to, I'm not trying to shed a tear for them, but I am saying like that was that that in this case, oh gosh, the government is wrong, you know, for doing that. Sure, for those regulations, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah it's up. it's extreme censorship. Um, yeah, all governments do it. it. This is just a different government doing it, and something against something that I, it shouldn't be regulated like mm -hmm. this. I mean, I think parents are good enough regulatory board and everybody's got their own set of restrictions. And I mean, I, I yeah, yeah. I don't want to dive into politics too. Nah, deep, definitely I don't not. Think it's a, I don't think it's a government's place to tell someone how long they should play a video game. Right. So this, uh, I'm going to just leave this here in chat for the people that are, <laughs> that are watching that are here, you know, what is that about? That that's a trailer, man. This is where we're mm. just gonna nerd out a little bit, and maybe even because we've watched it, 
I welcome all of you that are watching right now here live. If you got a few minutes, watch it. You can just completely ignore what's happening here. You won't miss too much because you're just basically going to be here going, oh my God, man, and doing that sort of stuff for a little bit. So which means you'll be able to watch that, come back, jump in on the conversation, share your thoughts. But this is about, oh, this new movie. What's that new movie again that's uh, coming out? One second. I actually need to get the name right here. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> it's called uh, Matrix Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, resurrections. That is what it's called. I thought it was revolutions, but that was the yeah. 1.5 thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is resurrections. Yeah. Freaking Matrix Resurrection. Okay. Is anybody, guys, what what are your thoughts? Just straight up, like watching that. We'll get into speculation. Uh, scale of one to ten, how excited are you? And then, what are your thoughts on what the hell you think's going on here? How we could be back in this situation that we're seeing what snapshot we're seeing anyway yeah like i like i said in the pre-show or before we went live i'm i'm getting the vibe that this is a it's a remake as mm -hmm. in like don't I, I think you'll be able to enjoy this movie even if you're younger and you hadn't seen the others or what have you um but i think it's going to have a lot of like really good deep um or at least i'm hoping uh for people that enjoyed the 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 original trilogy so i think it's kind of like a it's like a remake but also a sequel and i'm hoping it'll be another trilogy and um it looks cool though man uh, the the trailer is it at the very least i can 100 say the trailer is high quality and makes yeah. you really want to see the movie true man it's uh damn i mean i'm sitting here watching the trailer and i'm thinking to myself like man are we are we talking about because some of the characters like look like they were resurrected like i wasn't sure i was like were those some of the people that got killed in the very first one that i was seeing there was like one blonde with short hair and i was like is that the one from the first episode that died i i wasn't look she wore glasses in the first film yeah she yeah. was she was the, one of the and her yeah i know who you're talking about right i was like i was like are we bringing these people back to be in this like so how is what's going on here man and i was talking to the, these two here and i was like in my mind going easily could do three movies off this then if they're gonna jump back into the matrix you're clearly starting somewhere fresh there's a new reason that that we're here now you they, they're gonna i i'm calling it now i believe they're gonna flip three films out of this yeah i believe it yeah exciting I time agree. if they are because if they do yeah. the job they did the first time around woo, man Hell yeah. I'm down. We need good we need good movies, man. You know what this might also make happen? What? The Matrix Online could make a comeback too. Oh my god. Never know. No, you didn't, never dude. Know. <laughs> <laughs> that that game. I never played it, but I've seen it. It's like, ooh. They were both they were ambitious with that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that rough. it was an MMORPG? Wasn't it supposed to be an yeah. Matrix MMORPG? Yeah, they tried to do it. Yeah, sure was. It yeah. didn't go so well, yeah. It didn't work out. Any ideas on what you think might be going on here? I have I I'm 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 pondering possibilities and I have a couple ideas. I don't know. I mean, the fact that we see Neo, I mean, he's lost his memories. So mm -hmm. and then we have a young Morpheus. So which I said before the show, I think my take on it is that they're back in the matrix. Yeah. Um, 
their minds have been wiped and then we're seeing the reincarnated version of Morpheus because this is like what the sixth or seventh revolution mm-hmm. I don't remember how many revolutions yeah. they said that it happened um, but uh, a reawakening um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to yeah. cast too much onto it because right. I really don't want to think because I also I'm a big fan of, of everything the Wachowskis do and obviously this is Atlanta this time around but one of the things I really loved about Sense Eight when they did that on Netflix, which unfortunately got you know canceled a little too early, but at least they were able to finalize it with a movie. They were throwing so many plot twists in there and stuff. And if you've ever watched any of the other films um, beyond the Matrix, um, I think one of my favorites is a uh, Cloud Atlas. That movie is I've watched it five, six times now. Um, Tom Hanks has even gone on the record and said that the favorite, his favorite movie that he's ever done is was Cloud Atlas. Um, mm such a good movie and there's so many moving parts that i'm i'm terrified to think about what actually is going to go on in this movie because they have three movies to pull from in terms of the uh the overall uh hierarchy of the storyline but obviously something i I think i think they're gonna go with i think they're gonna go with this um this new pretty uh pretty common theory of uh multiple dimensions right like I think they're going to go into something like the dimension that we knew the old Matrix Ooh. from has just been destroyed or whatever, and now we're pulling from another dimension where these things didn't technically happen oh, in that way, right? Man. That's that's that my theory. That's my theory. Is somehow they're going to twist in dimensions already with the confusingness of the Matrix and real. Now they'll throw in dimensions as well, and maybe even hop in between dimensions. Um, using the real world instead of using the matrix to do all the weird stuff, oh, right? Man. That would be cool. That would be uh, that's cool. what I would do if I was responsible. Like, how are you gonna bring back the matrix? I'm like, you know what everybody thinks is really interesting right now? The extra dimensions. If we throw that in the mix of the crazy, just kind of mind twist of whatever already exists in the matrix universe, you might really have something really crazy there, you know? Oh my gosh. So true. Uh, what someone said a matrix in a matrix. I mean, what if there was like a choice for 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 them to go back in for some reason too? You know, like, ooh. but why would they, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like my, one of my favorite scenes from the Matrix, yeah. And actually, every time because I when I when I get steak, I eat it rare, right? Every time I eat a steak, <laughs> I think of that scene where that guy's at dinner and he's got the rare steak and he's like, yeah. "I know this is not oh, real," yeah. and the, but I and he wanted to go back, right? And he betrayed him. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but. His story made sense because like he just didn't want to know like this sucks. And I, you can kind of you can kind of you can kind of feel that kind of like you might feel that way, too. Right. Like life was so much better. And now I have this opportunity you can put me back the matrix. You can make me rich. You can make my life much better. It's better than eating the slime and, you know, living right. this horrible life of fear. So I just make me forget. Put me back in the matrix and, and set me up for life. And I'd rather live there. Right. Um I can kind of understand that, but I can't see how they could make it to where Neo with all the, yeah. you know, where he can control the matrix now. And he's, he's actually, you know, um, they, they have power now and they're I just don't see how you would convince them to go back in. Yeah. yeah and I mean, he died at the end of, you know, spoiler alert for a 20 year old movie, yeah, um, yeah. you know, which is why we're, it's being called resurrection. Cause he did, 
He sacrificed himself to put I've it into I actually forgot the, that. I haven't seen so I forgot. Yeah, he sacrificed that. himself to put it into the cycle. So this whole thing of we're back in a new cycle and his memories are gone and everything else is like, are we dealing with a, 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 an older version like Morpheus finds him when he's an old man as opposed to when he's a 25-year-old? Mm. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's mm, just – but supposedly that's why he sacrificed himself was to end the cycle. So your theory makes sense, Nathan, in the sense that maybe they're going to pull from a, a alternate dimension. dimension. And that's Another a popular reality. thing right now too. So it kind of makes is. sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the resurrection be pit bit too. Is it like we're resurrecting the matrix franchise story or is it more of like there's resurrection going on by, you know, like the matrix, like was there possibly, was there still a remnant of the Matrix somewhere that wasn't like was separated, right? Like it maybe it's been. the emu- maybe it's the emulation community. <laughs> That's what I think. Emulation community brought back the Matrix. They couldn't let it go. They're like, hey, just in case you want to, case you want to check it this out. This was a really cool thing I thought back in the day. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> it, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't release the wrong emulators. <laughs> release the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta find your own ROMs, but here's the emulator for the Matrix. Oh my god, that's so good, dude. <laughs> Anybody got a ROM for the Matrix MMORPG by chance? No, <laughs> doesn't work that way, dude. Oh, got it. No. no. Um. Oh man, so, I'm so, pretty. I gotta, I gotta bring it up because I don't think yeah. I have with the Rainbow on the show. We talked about this mm-hmm. before. If there was a Matrix in real life, oh. and it was just the best MMO, you know, oh, yeah. Pantheon, Ashes, whatever. Yeah. And you could go inside it, but that means that's it. The government gets to use your body as a battery. Yes. Oh you're gone. God, I forgot you, about this. you know, you live in the MMO now. Like you're it's like VR ultimate. You're there, you live, you breathe it. Would you do it? Yes. Oh. I think I would. As oh. long as my family I It's immortality. Yeah. Or well, it would feel like it until your body actually passed, right? And then you would just be gone. It's so good, yeah, man. Whether or not, whether or not you would even feel it, you know, if they can, if they can promise me a, you know, I just one day just my battery runs out and that's it, like that's okay. Oh, think of the cool, of- think of the cool Twitch channels of people inside <laughs> of there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and they're they're like showing their life inside the MMO. I'm telling you, man, what a good question to resurrect, dude. From back in the day, that is such a good question, dude. Because man, because yeah, he we he wasn't here for that. That's a, that was a good question. Yeah. yeah, I don't even remember what I answered. I think I think for me it was the question of would you or would you not. Yeah, and I think I feel like I remember saying I wouldn't. Yeah, because we were we, yeah. we got pretty conspiratorial that day. We're like, what's the government lying to you? And there is no freaking MMO, right? They're just freaking <laughs> yeah. harvesting you, you know. So we got a little we got a little off the rails last time we talked. That about was a it. while back too. That was like that was back in the day, which was a Thursday, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, probably about five p.m. CDT, which is what when the show <laughs> the show happens. <laughs> we like to nerd out here, man. I think uh, I think we're actually gonna be winding our show down a little earlier today, but I I do expect for those that are listening as opposed to watching this later. Like I said previously, today, I'm taking a quick break and a comeback. We're going to actually play Nathan's D&D Choose Your Own Adventure as a community here. And then I'm going to cut that thing up and we're going to put that on YouTube to spread the word. 
right? Because he put a lot of time into this, like lots of time, lots of energy, probably financially, thing, all that. Let's the main thing is that I just love. want to be able to do it again. I just want to be able yeah. to do it again. That's what I really want. And if I don't get the uh, the support, I just I, I can't he needs invest that much energy into yeah. it. Yeah, check it out, only, share it. Yep. Not only do we want him to do another one, I, I need it to be successful so that he can come back and do a version of my camera. Oh, yeah, dude. So, <laughs> and I want to really bad. Yeah. Come so, on, people. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're going to share the links. We're going to have the links freaking everywhere. It's going to be in the description of this video on YouTube. It's going to be tweeted. It's going to be posted in Discord over on my Discord, probably Nathan's Discord. So share it, share it, share it, play it, try it. I mean, it's and it's, you know, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like age friendly, too. Yeah. As long as you don't mind right. some cartoon blood. Right. Um, it's not, you know, yeah, it's not like got, you can I hit got, the teen well, earlier range pretty, pretty easily without it being too. I will say this real quick because my, my six-year-old nephew played it mm. with my brother the other night and he, he could be a little sensitive about things sometimes. And he even knows, cause I play Minecraft with him on Sundays and there have been times when it gets nighttime and he doesn't want to come out of the house because he's like, there's there's zombies out there. And they're gonna, it's like, dude, you'll be fine. I got you. You got a shield. Mm -hmm. You're in full plate. Um, he was fine until he got there was some zombie puppets, I think, at some point. And <laughs> it's he, a, that's, that's a creepy scene. Now, in all fairness, right. that is a pretty creepy scene. But also, you know, as a <laughs> six year old, that was the only part that got to him. And he had to be talked down out of the tree of being like, look, you know. What are these? He's like, well, they're just puppets. Okay, so if they're just puppets, why are you afraid? Well, I guess that makes sense. I shouldn't be afraid because they're puppets. But I mean, there had to be a conversation. Right. But I say that saying he can be a sensitive six-year-old. But also, I look at it and say I think it's for all ages because I haven't seen anything in it that that would be traumatic. Um, but yeah. I mean, I was the same way when I saw Empire Strikes Back. You know, I was five or six years old the first time I saw it. And that Wampa scene, I had nightmares about that freaking Wampa, you know, and still loved the movie. You know, yeah. it's like it, that was terrifying. When I was a kid, I remember that, like thinking that of that hand that, coming and, down. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like that kind of freaked me out, man. But the uh, one thing I do want to say that's the reason I have to be careful about that is that, yeah, I did go, I, did, I got permission to film at the, at, at the at a place. Um, yeah. and we, we, we sent them a link so they could check out what it was. They asked if it was family friendly. We told them yes, but you know, just check it out. You know, opinions may vary. Right. Um, and they said, yeah, sure. This is awesome. Come film. And we, we were like friends with them. They were bringing us drinks. We were out there in the sun filming. We talked to them the whole time. We like exchanged gifts with the people. And then at the very last day when we went to say, hey, we're done. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for letting us use your area. Do you want us to name what area we did it in the filming in the in the description? They said, nah, probably not. Like, cool. And we were about to leave. And then they said, hey, look, that this has a lot of blood and people dying in it. We're not so – you told us this was family friendly. It was like, hey, dude, we already shot. We've been here for days upon days, weeks on weeks. We gave you everything. We gave you – we give you full rights to tell us no. I've already got the footage now. I'm releasing it. You know, like you can ban me and I'm never allowed to come back, but this footage I already got. Happens. It's I'm using it, man. This is way too many hours. I'm I'm sorry. You had all this time to tell us that. You waited till we were done. Sorry. I know the law. I'm allowed to use the footage now. You can ban me and I'll never come back, but I can use the footage but, I have right now. We're doing so, this. So yeah, I'm a little more careful about saying it's family friendly. To some families that don't, you know. 
there's some cartoon blood. There's talk of dying. You can die in pretty gruesome ways, etc. If you're okay with your kids and they play video games and die in video games, they'll probably be okay with this. All right, good, good segue there to share on that point right there. So we're going to get ready to do that. But gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains and where people can shy, uh, find you when you're not here on this podcast? Most primary place is going to be patreon.com forward slash Renfail and youtube.com forward slash Renfail. I am day, I'm going to go stream after this. It's day 28 of my 30-day Twitch nice. stream challenge. I still haven't decided if I'm going to go beyond 30 days or if I'm going to move back to YouTube yet. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't, I haven't seen a ton of movement on Twitch, so I'm yeah. like, mm, I don't know yet. But uh, Patreon for sure, especially because we're getting ready to rebrand everything and come out with the official name of the project. We just did, tomorrow actually, the 100th video in our Project Dramon series hits YouTube. So we've been working on this for six months as of August 31st. We're doing our 100th video Friday on YouTube, and that's like the cutoff point. It's the last video that I'm doing on my personal YouTube channel for Project Dramon, and then we're in the process of getting all our legal stuff worked around, all the logos finished, and then we're going to be launching the official branding. So I may have some new stuff in the next month or so, but for now, uh, YouTube and, and uh, Patreon for sure for those who want to hang out. And Nathan... Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm, um, and uh, that's the main place. I'm also, I'm also on Twitter, um, and uh, that's about it. So um, definitely, uh, now the D and D thing is done. I'm just going to be patching it and maybe adding some more content to it, kind of thing. Um, nice. I'll be back to my regular program of MMO coverage. Excellent. I do, I do miss some of that too. I do miss some of that, but I'm, I'm very excited about this. So we're going to get ready to play it, friends. Catch us here next Thursday, 5 p.m. CDT for the next Looking for More podcast, episode 52 coming up. Um, might be the end of the show today, friends, but remember, we're always looking for more to join. Ransom plenty. Until next time, you all live your best lives. Walk in the light. Have a great night. We'll catch you real soon, friends.